0: Hello, everyone. My name is Ian Lee, uh, and this is a very special podcast dedicated to a very special person, uh, Lino, Linopolis, uh, Pasquale Rafa. And you know what? He probably had loads of other names as well. I don't know. Uh, He was a friend of mine, I would say, for about 15, 16 years. And sadly, he died on Friday, the 17th of February, 2023, after being in a coma for a couple of weeks. Um, He died peacefully, and um, it was as good a death as you could hope for, if I'm completely honest. So that is some blessing. Um, I never met Lino, never met him. The conversation, our friendship kind of started uh, 2005, something like that, and I was hosting a show on LBC. Imagine, I used to host the Drive Time show on LBC. Well, it was a completely different beast. And Lino would get in touch and he would send in well, he would send in um well he would send in pornography. Um but also he would send these very funny messages. It was before Twitter, wasn't it? Wow. He'd send in these very funny messages, these very funny emails. I don't think he ever called me. I could be wrong. I don't remember what I did yesterday, so I don't know. I don't think he ever called me, but he would send me in lots of messages. And, you know, as a radio host, people quite often, a phone-in host in particular, people quite often think that they are your friends. And I I have been lucky enough that over the, the 30 years of me doing this, actually a few callers, a few listeners, a few emailers have become really, really good friends. And Lino was one of those people, uh, always there, popping up every now and then. I remember when I was at LBC, because I didn't really know much about him. I knew he played Xbox, and I was sent a load of Xbox games that were actually crap, like Naruto and stuff like that. And um, for some reason, I thought he'd want them. So I sent them. I sent them recorded delivery. You know the delivery where it's, like, guaranteed to get there, and also they guarantee the value of it. And it didn't get there. And they and there was about three hundred quid's worth of games in there. I mean, they were rubbish games. And um, it didn't get there, and it got lost in the post. And I remember it took me absolutely ages to get any of the money back from the from the post office, no, or Royal Mail, excuse me. And in the end, you know, uh, I had to kind of go all blue, blue I wasn't even blue tick. I can't remember how I got it. Anyway. Lino and sh- uh, I shared this and, and I would give him updates on what was going on and I would be self righteously angry and he would take the p and I would take the p and we would have really good laugh about it. I ne- the one time I nearly met him is I got some more games and these were like substandard even compared to the ones I'd sent. And I went round to where he was working. I make up he got scared because he he wasn't in. And I remember knocking on the door. Is it Shepherds Bush? I don't really remember, if I'm honest. Um, And it must have been Shepherds Bush, because that wasn't far from the radio station. And I I tend not to travel too far. And I knocked on the door. Is is Lino there? Uh, No, he's not in. OK, well, I can give these to him. That's the closest I got to meeting him. Until the first time I actually met him, uh, he was in a coma. So, yeah, nice one, Lino. Thanks a lot for that, mate. Um... I have been asked by uh, his good friends um, Mark Ead and Victoria Maloney to put together a little bit of a podcast to celebrate his life. I'm very happy to do that. You know, if I can use my skills in any way. to My skills. (laughs) Listen to that. Um, It's not just going to be me talking. I've asked for uh, friends... Uh, online uh, to to get in touch, we've got a few celebrities over here. I know we've going to have some American listeners to this, so I will point out I will point out who the British celebrities are. Um, I tell you what, why don't we start with one of them? T- TV presenter and a broadcaster over here in the UK, British people will know him. Um, Matt all right. Um, and yeah, he very kindly recorded uh, his reminiscences of Lino, and let's go to those now.
1: Hi there, it's Matt Alright here and I knew Lino because of Ian because um, when I started on Twitter and basically Ian, you were the only person that I really knew on Twitter at that stage uh, there, there was this character who was calling everybody you shits and um, having a crack at you. And I thought that's what a troll was, because um, I didn't know any better. And you explained, no, that um, Lino wasn't a troll. He was actually just a very funny, very sweet man. And, you know, I've spent the last, whatever, 11 years discovering that that is the perfect description of Lino. He is just a beautiful soul who expressed himself through Twitter not because he was trying to build a brand or he was trying to, you know, develop a comedy act. I just always felt it was because he wanted to make a connection to people and, you know, did so, so skillfully, um, so much better than people who do it professionally because there was so much love built into it. Um, You know, he, he could say things in half a line that summed up situations that people couldn't deal with in lengthy threads. He was also just, you know, wonderful and generous outside of Twitter as well. I met him maybe once or twice, I think, outside of his work in Shepherds Bush. And that was, I felt I was really honoured, you know, just to spend five minutes and chat to him. And he also came to my 50th birthday, which was conducted on Zoom. It was a quiz. Uh, But I just felt like that was special. Every charity event I did, he gave £10 to. And I have done a lot of those but he'd always be there I'd say hey I'm doing this thing and then this name would pop up on the Just Giving page every every single time Um, I'm so sad he's gone I really am because I thought he was a, a rare soul actually so Anyway, uh, wherever you are, Lino, I love you. And um, I hope it's a better place.
0: Thank you, Matt. That was, uh... yeah, that was beautiful. Um... Yeah, I'm not going to cry in this podcast. He said, wiping a tear away from his eye. Thank you, Matt. That was really lovely and really heartfelt. And, um, you know, Lino is this man of of mystery, um, I, I said I didn't meet him physically until he was ill in hospital. He was in a coma. Well, that, that's, that's a big regret of mine. I should have met him uh, sooner. And what was interesting was Mark and Victoria, but, but friends of Linos, and they knew him way better than, than, than a lot of people, and they were keeping me informed as to what was going on in the hospital. And um, they would say, you know, okay, we can mention this now. We can mention this his his, his family. Now it took quite a long time to track down some of his family um, because his poor mum died a while ago, and I know that was devastating to him. We talked a lot about um, about that, and I shared about my dad dying and my mum being ill, and uh, I know the death of his mum really hit him a lot. So tracking down family was 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 tricky, shall we? say um but when I would tweet stuff about Lino I was I was amazed the first time I did how much came back how many people a lot of blue ticks and a lot of the original blue ticks not the paid for ones and some of the paid for ones but a lot of people coming back and saying oh I knew Lino that's really sad he's ill people saying oh Lino tweet Lino it's funny what Matt was saying actually because I have a few people saying, oh, Lino was one of the first people to tweet me and kind of taught me what Twitter was and, and how to use it. Let's go to Mark. Mark used to work with Lino and um, was really important in visiting him and letting people know what was going on uh, with Lino. So without further ado, here's Mark.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Eid, and I'm a f- friend and former colleague of Lino. Where to start when thinking about Lino? I first met him when we worked together at Fox over in Shepherd's Bush. And I remember going into my interview before I got the job and I actually saw him standing outside. And I remembered him because he was a a mountain of a man. And upon starting the job, I realised that our two departments would be working closely together. And like many of the people at Fox, I found myself gravitating to the dark room in which his team had the office, which he shared with three or four others. And you'd go there and shoot the shit and waste time. And but like many of us did, we went there because Lena was the draw. You never quite knew what mood he'd be in, but if he was happy, everyone would be happy. And there'd be a constant supply of Krispy Kremes or <laughs> Angel Cake. And lots of other people from around the business would be there chatting. I liked him instantly, and I would go there every day to say hello. I worked with him for four years and was there during the time when he was heartbroken by the tragic passing of his mother, That Christmas, as Christmas approached, we thought, what could we do? So I arranged a hamper for him. Um, And so many people throughout the company contributed to ensure that he knew that people were thinking of him. And another friend took him a curry and left it for him on Christmas Eve. And we came round to Christmas Day to some lovely words from him. So I know that he appreciated what we did. Um, Lino and I had loads of running gags over the years, which never ended. And even after I left... And I left seven years ago, we stayed in touch and like many people was probably down to Twitter and WhatsApp and online chats and I know just how much he loved and valued his life online, it was a real happy place for him and now we get the beauty of being able to look back through Twitter interactions that we may have had with him about anything and everything and we're lucky to have a full autobiography of the man in 140 characters or less. Um, during lockdown, I made sure to check on him and always loved our video chats, which my sons would often join in. He once told me that he had had an unsuccessful video call for a new job after, um, he was made redundant from Disney. And I told him it was probably unsuccessful with that because he had a, let's say, not safe for work screensaver on his other monitor, of which the reflection was clearly visible in the glass cabinet behind him. Um... Lino's passing has left a huge hole bigger than I expected it to be. Um, Knowing how alone he was in real life makes you sad, but then there's a real juxtaposition about just how loved and how many friends he had online from one of the various online communities that he was part of and just how valued he was there. And seeing everyone's tweets has been really heartwarming. Um, But there's been one person in real life who loved and cared for him and that was Victoria. And they say angels walk among us. And that's certainly true for Victoria. She spent so many hours over the past decade caring for Lino. And I doubt he even probably bought her a bunch of flowers to say thank you. Not that she would have ever wanted anything. She did everything out of love. And she always had his best intentions at the forefront. In life, in illness and in death. So thank you, Vicky. Ian, I want to thank you too. Thank you for being his buddy and for doing this today. I often mock Lino about fanboying over you but I didn't actually realise you were actually friends. And I really wanted to put a signed photo of you in his Christmas hamper, so perhaps we can put it in his coffin with him instead. (laughs) Um, Our aim for this podcast was to be for his friends, by his friends, and that in the months and years to come, we can remember him and smile. So thank you to everyone who's got involved in this today. Lino, I'm going to miss you, mate. Rest in peace.
0: Ah, Mark, I said I wasn't going to cry during this podcast. (laughs) So I won't. Thank you, Mark. That was uh, that was really beautiful. Um, one of the things that was a couple of the things I'm going to miss with Lino um, being dead. Uh, I'm gonna, He would always get in touch with these amazing recommendations for these obscure documentaries. There was one I can't think of what it was called, but I could never find it. And it was a documentary about a guy that collected Pez. You know Pez, the little Pez things? He collected Pez, and he was after, like, the rarest Pez. And um, I could not find this documentary. And now Lino's dead. I'm not going to find it because (laughs) this is terrible, right? Uh, If I was bored on a Saturday night, I'd email him going, hey, you, boy, find me something good to watch. And he'd reply, yes, sir. And he'd send me a link, a hooky link for some obscure movie that no one had ever heard of or some really obscure documentary eight times out of 10, they were good two times out of 10. They were, sh- they were shockingly bad, shall we say. Um, but he was the king of the hooky links. Got to be sick We're going to, you're you, you going to arrest him now. You're going to arrest him from heaven. Oh, you could potentially arrest me. Right. I do. Um, I do some shows with my good friend, Catherine Boyle, been working with her for, I don't know, 10 years. And she's a really talented broadcaster, producer, journalist. And um, the other day we were just chatting on our show and she started talking about Lino. And I said, right, stop. I'm going to record this. This is going to go in the podcast. So this is me and Catherine uh, chatting about Lino. Okay. So uh, this is my good friend, Catherine Boyle. Hello. I'm gonna be honest. She just told me this story already. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I forgot I wasn't, about it because I wasn't recording. So <laughs> I am gonna laugh as though I'm hearing this story for the first time. I literally heard it 35 seconds ago. So, okay. Catherine, please share your memory of Lino, <laughs> whose real name was Pasquale
3: Pasqualino, Little Patrick. Oh, is that where the
0: Lino comes from? Yeah. Because I've only okay. All right. Well, we're learning so much about him. Okay, Catherine, so, Lino's Lino. story, please.
3: <laughs> this is one of many Lino stories that I keep remembering because there are lots of little incidents and people that used to interact with Lino on Twitter will probably have a similar, not a problem, a, a luxurious problem of, of working out what which are the best yes. stories because there are just so many lovely little moments with Lino. Um, but I remember we used to we bonded quite a lot over the film Cinema Paradiso. Giuseppe Tornatore film is beautiful. If you haven't seen it, please watch it. And if you are not blubbing like a baby by the end, you have no soul. Anyway, it's just beautiful film. And um, we were talking about it and about Italian films in general. And he said, "Have you seen The Great Beauty?" I said, "No, I haven't. Tell me more about that one." And he gave me this beautiful kind of florid (laughs) description of this film. And I thought, "My God, that sounds awesome!" Right? I said, "I'll have some of that then, Lino. Yeah, great." So I bought it and um, when it arrived, I sort of took the wrapper off it, turned it over and read word for word the review that <laughs> Lino had obviously <laughs> nicked from the back of the box. I don't know if he'd even ever seen it.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't give you a hooky link to find it for free on the internet. That's... Well, I
3: think he probably would have if I'd have expressed more of a desire to see it. But I was like, oh, that sounds great. And he probably thought I was being polite, but actually, no, this was one I was going to buy and... Uh, Yeah, so The Great Beauty. That's what we'll always have, Lino, the back of that box. I mean, I'm assuming he didn't write that. I mean, maybe he did. Maybe that was another part of his secret life. But, um, yeah, that's a film.
0: We are recording this. We're doing a live show, and and Lino, has, as he often does, has just come up in the conversation spontaneously. So I can see the chat from some people that are watching this. And uh, our friend Gatford says, Lino dared me to call Christo on LBC to review a film I'd never seen. I did it! (laughs) Oh, that's, that's absolutely wonderful. Um, ah, there we go. Brilliant. Thank you, Catherine.
3: Thank you, Lino.
0: And back to me, um, talking normally. Why didn't I say back to Ian in the studio? Because I'm an absolute idiot. Um, so Lino is a man of mystery, right? We don't know much about him. Well, I certainly don't. And I was reminded... He had told me a couple of times, and I'd forgotten, that when he was a teenager, we think about 14, 15, we're not sure, he was a regular guest on Clive Ball's show on LBC. Uh, Clive is a great broadcaster. I think I introduced him in this clip, so I won't do it now, and if I don't, I'll do it afterwards. Um, And um, Clive very graciously gave me some time and chatted about Lino... uh, (laughs) On this weird-sounding show, when he was a teenager, I'll shut up and let Clive tell you about it. Hey, Clive, <laughs> how's it going? Well, I know because we've just spent twenty minutes chatting. Yes, um, but th- th- there will be so this. This the thing about this podcast about Lino Clive is it's going to be international because it turns out he had an impact on people all over the world. You know, through different communities. So I will introduce you. Clive Bull is a broadcaster, radio presenter, writer who's been working on LBC. I don't want to say forty years. It's not. 40 it is forty
4: years. years yeah. Is it? Yeah. So, well, working at yes. Yeah. I was a like a junior phone up when I started.
0: Forty. No one has a job in the same place for forty years. No.
4: great. I, well, I, I mean, I have been away and come back a couple of times. So
0: we worked together for a while. I was there for a few years. It was always one of my great. You know, you are one of my radio heroes. And it it was, it was a great thrill. I think sometimes I was doing the show before you sometimes I was doing the show after you and, um, it was, I I had so much fun there and it was such a joy and you're here. We're trying to create this picture of Lino, this mystery man that no one really knows, but touched all these people's lives Mm. and you're the only person I've, I've found that that had encountered him when he was a teenager. That's right.
4: Yes. Um and and I'm I will be fascinated to hear the rest of his podcast because <laughs> I'd really do. like to know all about the rest of his life and I feel like uh you know his later life I I was aware of him because we had the odd chat on Twitter and and he did things on Twitter and was very funny. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really know that side of his life at all. Yeah. Um uh, but what I do know is a sort of enthusiastic teenager um because at the time and this was i've just been getting out my old diaries um to to re- recall what this was weirdly i mean nobody has diaries anymore i know i, I was I, gonna say I'd, I'd read those get them in a yeah. book well they're not very interesting because they've just got names and oh. names of films and things like that but it's <laughs> just a memory jog but yeah. nowadays it's all digital uh but but for about a space of about four years I've got diaries um, hmm. of what I was doing. And I picked out one, uh, which was 1985.
0: Yeah.
4: Um, when people really did just have diaries. It, I don't think I even had a filofax. I was point.
0: going to say that was
4: pre-filofax, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, it, it was one of these sort of hardback uh, kind of um,
0: <laughs> it's got hardback name. diaries. It's got the... Um, yeah,
4: with a Dymo label on the it. The yeah. Dymo, that's it. Yeah, you've done that. Brilliant. <laughs> and I've been paging through it and I see his name popping up um on a sunday afternoon because at that time i was uh just beginning to do some shows on lbc and and because i was young at the time uh they put me on a program called young london
0: um, that's such a and, i love that uh, that's such a yeah. 1980s commercial yes. radio name let's exactly. let's get with the kids young with london the, with
4: the youth And um, uh, I'm not sure whether any... uh, Well, well, some young people clearly did listen to it because we did this feature called uh, the Three O'Clock Reviewers. It was on Sunday afternoon. And we had three or four teenagers coming in to review stuff. And we just put the call out and people would would write in, weirdly. You'd actually write in with the letter. And I think we'd had to get their parents' permission and and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And then they would go out... To, to see things, usually with me, which I'm not sure would be allowed now. Uh, I I'd be going to the theatre with three or four, uh, basically children. Um, the uh, old days were so weird. I weren't know, they? I know. We went. I mean, they, they often they were like official screenings and things, so we'd be sending out tickets and yeah, uh, um, and. Lino was one of those. And it, it was a mixture of there were about half a dozen regulars who were really good, so we used them every every couple of weeks. Mm. Um, and Lino was one of those. And then occasionally there, there were some who they just do one and then that would be it. But we kept asking him back, and there were about half a dozen that were our regulars because they were really good. And I don't know whether you can imagine, but uh, getting teenagers, and, and I'm thinking sort of like, Fifteen-ish, something like that. I'm not yeah. sure. That sort. It spanned about three years. This program. So, wow, okay. um, uh, so there were many, many. I would have seen many films with him, many um, plays and other stuff. Uh, and the uh, where was I going with this? Um, oh yes. So the we got this re- team of regulars. Yeah. Who who were um, they came in. They went to see it during the week with me, and then they came in and, and reviewed it. So um, they actually I, came in the studio. This wasn't on the phone. Oh, thing, yeah, yeah. They're they're They were sat the there like a round then table then, kind of A thing. round table type thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the thing I was going to say was that uh, that most 15-year-olds are extremely shy. And they, people would sit there and go, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, yeah, okay. I didn't like it much and you you think it just just tell me more speak more tell me wh- why didn't you like it what are, but but the natural inclination at that age is to not really say anything and lino yeah. was the opposite he was really good oh, wow. um he was sort of uh quite laid back for a teenager right. he wasn't he wasn't nervous he was confident and uh opinionated happy to be critical amusing um and that's just what you wanted Mm. To, uh, to 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 have um, you know outspoken teenagers, um, so he fitted right in. And I've Pretty I've enough. just been looking through the diary, and I, I got like like we went to see March the fourth, nineteen eighty five. Lino, Vincent, and Susan, <laughs> we all went to see. Morons from Outer Space.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that classic. Yes. Um Mel uh, Smith and Jones movie Morons from Outer Space. Oh, yes. Wow, who can forget? It was we not, went- it was on the nine o'clock news if I can say it. Oh, People, I'd forgotten, wasn't. It? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember it now.
4: Yeah, Morons from Outer Space. Yeah. Um other ones we went to see Passage to India, The Breakfast Club. You took a 15-year-old to passage to India. My God. Yeah. Even (laughs) as a 50-year-old thinking, how dull. It's quite upmarket. We went to see Pravda, the National Theatre. Brilliant. A View to a Kill, uh, Mask, Desperately Seeking Susan. Uh, That we went, it was Lino, Vincent and Femi. And these were all regulars. And they're actually all, I mean, it's fascinating for me to hear that Lino, you know, Went on to so many things that he went on to, yeah, uh, and into a, and the media sphere.
0: Um, because weirdly, many of them did. Did they really? Isn't that interesting?
5: Yeah, yeah.
0: he, um, we, we would, we spoke a couple of times about Young London, and yeah. he spoke of it, um, with slight embarrassment, but mm. also a bit of pride, and uh, he r- raved about you. He absolutely loved you, and he said you were so kind and generous to him when he was doing that—the the, the young London—and uh, he he remained a fan right up until the very end. He he would oh. always call you as one one of the best.
4: Oh well, that's he fitted into the team well as well. Brilliant. Um, and uh, the the I mean the others I don't know. Like Ed Miliband, what happened to him? I don't know. Was, no, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he one of them? yeah
0: he was one of them yeah <laughs> uh, i want to know who this vincent guy is you keep mentioning what oh, happened to vince he became uh
4: media editor of the standard oh wow. uh, vincent Graf. oh that's incredible yeah yeah wow. um and there were lots There's uh uh femi who is an international newsreader on cnn and and elsewhere uh brett who works in in all sorts of parts of Radio, formerly BBC. This and is somebody, somebody called Dominic, um, who I can't remember his other name, but he became artistic director of the Royal Court or something like that. So they were all brilliant, and there was Susan, who was to, who was just a punk. And I'd love to know what she 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 was brilliant Susan. Susan
0: anyone is listening who knows susan the punk you can send me an email ian ian lee.com and also if there are any recordings of this i would love to hear this i would i would as well um and and
4: i don't know whether there are sadly it it was back in the days where Mm. um it was all reel-to-reel tapes and it was all slashed afterwards um, but somebody might have a cassette in an attic Or something like that It would be, it would be fascinating to hear it If you got it,
0: send it to me Clive, it, it, it's so lovely to see you I mean, I don't think I was trying to think the last, We occasionally go out for a cup of tea It must yeah. have been before COVID, the last one I think so, yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We must do that I don't get into London very often Partly because I hate it um, <laughs> But um, next time I'm in I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call Because it would be nice to, to see you in the flesh
4: Brilliant. And I look forward to hearing about all the other aspects of, of Lino's life. Much missed.
0: This was going to be a little 15, 20 minute thing, and it's turning into this. Is, we're going to nudge an hour and then some. And that's great. He would have found that hilarious. Imagine him listening to this and um, pissing himself. Uh, good friend of mine, Gatford, Gary from Catford, been listening to my radio shows for years and years and years and calling my radio shows for years. Um, Uh, and uh, I consider him a friend. And um, he very kindly sent me a voice note about his experience with Lino. So, yeah, let's have that.
6: My name is Gatford, but actually it's really Gary, and it feels more appropriate to use my real name when talking and remembering Lino. I've got no idea if Lino was even his real name, but it's how I knew him. I first... I came across him when he was um, emailing Ian when he used to do his LBC shows, either in the evenings or at the weekends, the triple M shows. And Lino, everyone was a character back then. And, and Lino's character was that he would often email uh, info into Ian, you know, links to shows or uh, things like that. And Ian would sort of play along with Lino as a character, you know, when, he met, when Lino would email him, shut up, Lino, you know, sort of thing. I remember that. Um, and I... I started following him on Twitter and we would go back and forth on Twitter. And, um, particularly in the talk days and the early Twitch days, I remember interacting quite a lot with Lino. I didn't know him, you know, and and just, it's weird how sometimes just because you are a fan of the same person on radio that you end up connecting. My two distinct memories from Lino was number one was, um, when his mum passed away, how, Open and raw, his tweets were about how much he missed her and how much, you know, he was struggling. And that was really bold and brave of him, and and really refreshing to see someone saying, "This is affecting me. I'm cut up about this." Um, that really got to me. But also, just the amount of times that Lino would tell me he was unfollowing me or to shut up or whatever. But. The second one was I put on Twitter that I wanted to go to. I think it was a Natalie brullier concert. I don't know. I was being silly. And Lino, bless him, put on Twitter, Natalie brullier please will you go to this concert with my friend Gatford? <laughs> she didn't reply. I didn't expect her to. But, you know, he was like, he's he's nice bloke. He's not a stalker, I think. Um, it's just, just really nice of him. I'm going to miss him even though I don't know him. Isn't that crazy? Thanks:
0: You're welcome. You weren't joking about that Natalie and Brulia concert, Gatford. You wanted to go, and then you got scared because you thought people might think you were a Sissy. Well, do you know what the cool thing is now? The cool thing is to now say, "Yeah, I want to go to see a Natalie and Brulia concert, but I really, really hope she does that song torn. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it, doing a podcast for someone who's dead? Um, And what's lovely is um, everyone's coming up with a different thing. Everyone saw him from a different angle. Everyone knew him as a different person. Everyone has a different connection with him. And together, only together, only after his death, are we able, we starting to get a full picture of what he was. And you know, like when you know, Twitter, right? It's bloody horrible. And you mention someone, something, anything on Twitter, you will get... Yeah, sure, you might, if you're lucky, get a a lot of nice tweets. You'll also get a load of horrible ones. I've not seen one horrible tweet about Lino. Not one. Not one. It's all been good stuff. It's all been good stuff.
7: Hi, my name's Evie, and I met Lino about 13 years ago via Twitter. Um, and we spoke most days. Um, I guess it was like an online, it was on an online friendship and we sadly never met. Um, but he was, has been a constant in my life for, yeah, the best part of 13 years. He has helped me through some of the hardest moments in my life. He was always there, unconditionally, always there for me, without judgment, um, supported me, was a massive cheerleader for everything that I did in my career. Um, Yeah, I miss him so much already. And I think since we lost him, it's made me realise just how much we spoke, even down to the little things like, I would text him and ask him what I should have for dinner, which he would always respond to pizza or McDonald's, obviously. Um, And it's just little things like that when I now go about my day and I'm like, oh, I'll text Lino. And and I'm sure everyone who knew him is experiencing the same thing. Um, But he was just incredible. And I can only hope that I gave him a fraction of what he gave me.
8: We love you, Lino. I love you, Lino. I almost always picked the I love you, Lino answer in your Twitter polls. We never met, but we watched some really, really crappy B-horror movies together. I mean, remotely. You were in that London, I was in my place, and we chatted in the chat room, like, you know, old styley. You were like my big horror movie brother. And I always thought that one day we would meet up at at Frightfest festival, right? So we never met. But I recorded you once in one of my shows where I asked you if you could pretend that you were from Anonymous. And you played the game. And thank you for that. It seems to me that you were a very kind and a very generous man. And I'm really going to miss your I love you, Lino Pools. And I miss you, Lena.
9: Hi, I'm Shosh, and I worked with Lino at Fox um, for probably around eight years. And um, my big memory was he used to stream and could hunt down anything. Um, I was director of programming and acquisition, so I had access to some screening rooms. And everything that I was watching as a pilot, like he managed to find on some random illegal website. And whenever I walked past, he'd want to chat about it and what did we think of it. Um, I remember he really liked the act and he was screening it on his computer and it had Hulu all over it. Like, God knows where he got it from. Um, And he'd always email me a couple of hours before he got his cake in to let me know that actually, like, I needed to get back or get out of my meeting because this was the time we're having cake. And actually, it it meant a lot because, especially around the time I was being made redundant, it was just being included and having somebody actually take that time. And I'd usually appeared two hours afterwards. And he'd get up and he'd go to the fridge and he'd always saved me a slice. And... Um, He was just really lovely like that and just so, so funny. And literally the only reason I was on Twitter was Lino. He'd be tweeting in the office about what was going on in the office but also had an opinion on everything, which was really good fun. Um, And I think just seeing the sort of outpouring of love for him has just been really heartwarming. Um, But, yeah... He was great fun to work with and just a lovely, lovely man.
0: Well, there you heard Evie, Katia and Shosh. Thank you very, very much for that. You'll be hearing a little bit more of Katia um, as this goes on. Now, I'm just going to find a little file because um, where did I put it? Here I put it. Um, Vicky, Victoria, uh, who has been integral, in supporting lino in looking after him before he went into hospital and also after he went in hospital she she has gone above and beyond and um was a really an angel an angel you know if you knew half the things that she did to help lino um well she was amazing she is amazing and um i don't know if it's vicky or victoria because you've written both anyway she sent me an email um, I don't know whether to add anything to your podcast, Ian. I think I'm feeling a little imposter syndrome, as I'm sure there'll be some amazing stories, anecdotes, and I'm not sure mine is up to standard, but I could not say something. Victoria, yours is totally up to standard, and you deserve to be here so much. It goes like this. Hello, my name is Victoria. For many years, I looked after Lino when he was having health issues, but more importantly, he was my friend. Many moons ago we were having one of our normal bantering chats and he found out that I had a love of really bad cheesy music and one of my favorite sorry <laughs> one of my favorites was Russ Abbott Atmosphere which he found hilarious. I knew he was never going to let me live this down. For near on 10 years every time I entered his house which I may add at times was 3 times a week he had Alexa play all around the house much to his amusement. Oh, what I love a with a happy First, it was hilarious. But let me tell you, after the 100th time, it drove me insane. Did he stop? Of course not. I'd give anything to have him play it once more. I miss you, my friend, and I'm glad I could be with you until the end. Victoria, thank you. Thank you for that, and thank you for all the work you did. Scott Balcony. Uh, of Balcony Shirts, one of the um, most beautiful souls I know, um, has recorded a little message. I, I did task him with the impossible. I said, could you write a song? And I didn't give him much time.
10: So um, let's see what Scott's come up with. Hi, Ian. It's Scott from Balcony Shirts. I just wanted to say how much I'm going to miss Leno. Uh, I scrolled through all the messages in Twitter that I sent him and I literally could scroll for about half an hour (laughs) uh, going back like 15 years. I just thought, well, this bloke I spoke to pretty much every day for that whole time and he was never, ever snidey or unkind or... Um, anything other than just pure delight and just a laugh and uh, I'm really going to miss him a lot Um, and I know you asked me to write a song and I really wanted to write a song and I've been trying so hard to write um, you know a, a candle in the wind type song for Lino but it it has been the hardest thing I've ever had to do and I've only got one line and I've run out of time. So, we love you, Lino. Now where will we go to get illegal streams of classic Italian horror with deleted scenes? That's all I've got, man. I, like you say, you said to me, um, we should have done this when he was alive and we should have done um, but I am glad I got to sing him a song on a message for you. Um, and yeah, love him. Take care, everyone.
0: We are hurtling towards the end of this um, rather delightful uh, podcast. I want to thank everyone who's contributed. Contributed. Um, I got so many emails. If I missed anybody, I'm really really sorry. You, you didn't not make it because your contribution wasn't any good. It was just I was overwhelmed with stuff, and my admin leaves a lot to decide. Um, so many tweets as well, so many messages. Um, Lino was known around the world, and that's weird to process. He was known around the world. And when the announcements were made that he was ill and that he was dying, so many different communities reached out to share their experiences. And and I would have to say perhaps the strongest one is the Stephen Page community. Stephen is is one of my favourite singer-songwriters, just an absolute wonderful human being who writes these incredible songs, uh, was a member of the Bare Naked Ladies, has several solo albums out. Go and check them out. And um, do you remember when lockdown started and we were all a bit, well, what do we do? And comedians and musicians, I nearly said magicians, but actually magicians fit in as well, their livelihood was just stopped just like that until some of them came up with the great idea of doing shows on Zoom and selling tickets. Now, I don't want to say that Stephen Page was the first. He was definitely one of the first and definitely, I would have to say, the most consistent. Um, And his Live From Home shows on a Saturday evening just a joy that was a real anchor, I said anchor, in a sea of, you know, time going all wibbly wobbly. And I did quite a few. The first one was an absolute, I think it was the first one where it was all quite new to us. And I think he had about a thousand people watching the first one. And he thought it would be a good idea to, during the song Brian Wilson, the sing-along, the sing-along song, to open everybody's Zoom. Oh, my God, if you want to know what a, a migraine com- coupled with Armageddon sounds like, listen to that. Anyway, he didn't do that again. Um, and Lino started going to these shows. And Lino didn't just start going to these shows. He became a, 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 um, a contributing, contributing member of the community. And I was so touched when i talked about Lena online and so many people including Stephen himself but so many people from the community got in touch to um you know pass on their messages and i i said i visited Lena a couple of times and i played him a couple of messages one from scott one from steven and, and um i read out every single message that was sent to me on twitter and on discord i read it out twice i know he heard them
6: i know he heard them
0: um And the Stephen Page Discord community very kindly uh, allowed me to go in every now and then and just give a little update. And they were all so upset when Lino died. And I spoke to Stephen. I'm I'm, I'm lucky enough and proud to be able to call him a friend. And I said, look, I think one of your songs is going to get played at the uh, funeral. Um, Would you mind recording a little message for this podcast? And as part of, he's still doing the live from home shows. I think it's show 100 is coming up very soon as of the end of February, 2023. Um, And so in the last show he did on the 25th of February, the last one is just done, he recorded a special message and a special song. Here's my challenge for you. I bet you can't listen to this without crying. Stephen Page.
11: I have some terrible news if you don't already know. Well, it's terrible news if you do know, too. Uh, fellow Live from Homer, Live from Homey, Live from Homerino, Mr. Lino passed away uh, last week. A lot of people know that he was sick. We've talked about this in the show. He got sick at Christmas time, and it got bad fast. And uh, shocking thing. He was a great part of our Live from Home community. And uh, he'll be missed. He is already missed. Um, He was uh, hilariously funny. And I got to witness much of your generosity. There were times when he was um, unable to afford to buy a ticket, and folks were buying tickets for him. Um, And he was hilarious in the chat and in the Discord and on Twitter. And he's gone. And I don't know how to process that. But he was brought here through um, our mutual friend, Mr. Ian Lee, who's a beautiful human being and a great broadcaster and comedian who has always been so supportive of me and everything I've done. And uh, uh, Lena was a fan, a listener of Ian's and uh, followed Ian over here to Live From Home. And uh, I want to thank Ian for... um, communicating back and forth between us and Lino and Lino's uh, people, his friends and his family. And uh, he will be missed. But I, I, I understand this was one of his favorite songs, so we're going to sing this song for Lino. And for anybody else, too. I mean, he would have wanted it that way. Apparently Lino's uh, at his um, uh, funeral, his desire is to play... Um, the uh, Tetris theme music, and so that's a man after my own heart because you know anybody who knows me knows that I want popcorn played at mine so I think there's a, there's a similarity there that I think shows kindred spirits and-
5: This one before Another holy war I gave up keeping score Disharmony is raging In the orchestra Percussion section Is this hatred or affection? Set the sad marimba I saved myself for him, but I know my chance is very slim. But unbeknownst to her, there is a xylophone who waits alone and hopes they can make some connection. Some connection made, the both them afraid. Every night they pray until they had a little girl and named her Rimba A family name, a portmanteau of what's within ya. But generations change. Folks looked at her strange. She had a mother's range and her father's brightness, but she was virtually ignored by most civilians and favored by some Bonapoleon. But for thy long thy was getting longer and the forecast grim but for Zylo
11: trails leno we'll see you in the next one it's great getting to know you here thanks for being part of this
0: i told you you couldn't do it without crying i told you that's it we're done thank you for listening thank you for sending stuff in again apologies if i'm if i didn't put your stuff in it's just because i was swamped um it wasn't certainly wasn't the content there are two flaws in this podcast, and I'd like to go through them if I could. The first flaw is um, we should have done this while he was alive. We should have told him all of this while he was alive. And, of course, we don't. We don't do it because we're human beings and, and we're never going to die and our friends are never going to die and we're scared to think and talk about death. I've got some news for you. We're all going to die. At some point, we're all going to die, and at some point, everyone you love is going to die. So here is, here is my suggestion. Tell three people you love them. Text, WhatsApp, phone, whatever works for you. Right now, pause this, go and tell three people you love them. Family, friends, whoever, I don't know. Because you know what? They might not be here tomorrow. You might not be here tomorrow. So please, I've done it. I did it today. I'm going to do it again later on going to reach out to some friends that I haven't spoken to for a while and say, I love you. And you mean something to me. And I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful that I got to share some of my life with you. So go and do that. Now the second floor is there's all these people talking about Lino, but we haven't heard any Lino. And why would we? Because he wasn't a broadcaster. He wasn't on the radio. He, except he was. I've been lucky enough, thanks to my good friend Katia, who we heard early on. She did a podcast a few years ago. And she said, Oh, Lena was on the podcast, but I don't know where it is. Well, someone tracked it down, and you're going to hear a short burst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing now, I'm not crying. Of Lino pretending to be a member of Anonymous. Thank you for listening. Lino, I raise a glass of, of cream soda and I celebrate you. I love you, man. And I hope you know that. Hello. Hello. An unknown number, very mysterious.
8: Call her L.
10: Caller L, okay.
8: Yeah. Is that all you've got to say for yourself?
10: Well <laughs>
5: are you asking me any questions?
8: Do you have a mask?
5: I have two masks. I have two masks.
8: Why two?
5: One for Sunday best, one for the rest of the week Very mysterious
8: Do you go to the dry cleaners for whenever you've done something really silly with the masks?
2: The group
5: I'm an associate of right. doesn't do anything silly Oh.
8: Okay, that sounds a little bit threatening. Are you on my case?
1: I couldn't
6: possibly come in. You
8: you cut out a little bit there, so I I guess that means yes. Maybe. Right, you're being a little bit uh, mysterious there.
6: Am I being a little bit anonymous, maybe?
8: I'd say slightly... Well, yes, indeed, you are.
6: Interesting.
8: It, It is right so you are guilty of being the head honcho at anonymous right
6: I, just, I really do have to go i can't possibly comment on that but you have a nice sunday
8: you have a nice uh whatever day of the week this is obviously
5: tuesday i've got to go I've, they're coming i've got to go
6: they're a i out.